When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, the idea of Dilo and Rubio in the same backcourt, first of all, Ricky Rubio cannot be 1B on the court. He, at the very least, he's got a captain a second unit. It's just who he is. I mean, it's, it, it robs him of everything. I mean, way back to the time when Tibbs was putting him in the corner so Andrew Wiggins yeah. could run the offense. It's just stupid. And the idea of putting him next to D'Lo is stupid. Oh, I, lo- I love it. I love it. Starting the show with uh, just a random clip of Britt Robson on the Daymore NBA podcast going in on Ricky Rubio's role within the Timberwolves in in, in multiple generations of uh, being a Timberwolf there. Uh, this is Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And today is a glorious day, gentlemen, because today reckless speculation. is Reckless Speculation Thursday. We have 52 holidays. They are called Reckless Speculation Thursdays. <laughs> We bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department and the NBA Aggregators' favorite insider. He brings inside information about all of your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Um, what's going on, gentlemen? Happy, glorious, reckless speculation Thursday. It's my favorite day of the week. It oh, absolutely is well. right up there. Saturday or Sunday is probably my favorite I, day of the week. But I, yeah, Thursday like is of the weekdays. Joining you gentlemen for Reckless Speculation Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it's about as good as it gets. By the way, Britt is spot on. These Wolves fans clinging to the idea that Ricky Rubio needs to be on the roster next season because him and Ant have this bond. Give me a break. Ricky Rubio is a good (laughs) trade chip because it's an expiring contract, not because he's some sort of good player at this point. Of his career, just ask Phoenix, right? Phoenix said, "Okay, Rubio took us as far as he'll take us. Mm-hmm. We need an upgrade." In the case of what they did, a significant upgrade. Now look where they are. Ricky Rubio should be prime trade bait. I actually think Gerson Rosas understands that. You can bring in some other vet to nurture, to hug, to love but, Ant. But, it doesn't need to be what, Ricky Dukes? Rubio. But you know what? Here's the thing with Ant. He doesn't need that. Like there are some young players who you concern yourself with their demeanor or their development as human beings, right? Look at what Ant did in his first year. I'm not saying Ricky didn't help him out. That's fine. But Ant basically became, in a very positive way, I say this, the dominant force of that room. 
So I'm not on the on the uh, uh, train here of saying, well, if Ant doesn't have Ricky, he's going to really regress and not talk much. That that ain't going to be a problem. So I am all for this being Ant's team as far as personality wise. And you know what? He's a captain type. That's also. I want to add something to what Judge just said. We spend more time with the Timberwolves worrying about, well, if this guy leaves, if Ryan Saunders gets fired, or if, boy, <laughs> if you trade d or if you get rid of Ricky Rubio, then is this other player going to be unhappy? Like, we spend more time worried about that type of stuff than actually building a good team. Yep. So I'm sort of done. Like, all right, I'll admit, does 10% of me think, boy, if Rubio is really that good for Ant, then maybe you can find a way. But no, that's a $17 million expiring contract. It's a valuable trade chip. Make your team better and bring in shooters. Uh, and if you're going to have a non-shooter, have it be Ben Simmons, who can do all this other amazing stuff mm-hmm. and then surround him with shooters. That's, that's where I'm at with this. Unless they have to amputate Ant's leg after the news that came out yesterday, Doogie. Uh, Declan was freaking out in a couple seltzers yeah. in on score social media. So what I can was. you what can you tell us about that? Well... I had one individual last night tell me, quote, bad sprain. But, yeah, I mean, the foot doesn't need to be amputated. The unfortunate part is this was a good setting, right? Playing under the leadership of Eric Spolstra, playing with some other good young players, getting a chance to eventually scrimmage against Team USA. Really cool opportunity for Ant in Vegas. Now he'll be shut down, but there is no sense that he'll need any sort of surgery, anything crazy like that, that come training camp, which, oh, by the way, like you think about it, we're talking here on July 8th. They will start training camp in like mid-September, third week of September-ish, first preseason game, October 2nd or October 3rd. That's really not that far from now. But there's no sense that this injury will linger that deep into the calendar year. Here's what I don't get, though. And this is what confuses me about this whole thing, and basketball especially. I don't understand. We talk about soft tissue injuries, right? And guys have to get some time off. They have to get off their feet. I'm not saying that they become slobs on the couch, but they definitely are supposed to pull back just a bit. And, Dukes, you're exactly right. Because of the pandemic shortened season and how it altered the schedule, it has sped things up. So what I don't understand is how this is a good idea to play an Phil, I've talked about this for how long now? To play for your country in the summer. Who cares about your country? I don't give a damn about your country. I care about your NBA career, which, by the way, pays you millions. <laughs> like, you're being paid by an owner, Doogie. So, it, and like, Ant, I get it. He's young. He's and, communist. It, and it yeah. might have been communist, a good experience. No, I'm all for go a back to, I'm Go all back for to Russia. No, no, I'm the opposite of here. a communist. I don't want you playing for your country. I don't want you representing your country. I don't understand that this whole thing about guys need, you know, doctors say, guys need time off. Soft tissue injuries are a big problem. You have to get off your feet. And then the next thing you know, you know, some guys from the Bucks are going to go right to the Olympic team. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And I know that you, you, you sort of... You've maintained a steady level of panic about this sort of thing ever since you and I started doing a show together like eight years ago. It's not a panic, it's a hatred. But, but to Doogie's point, okay, if you're telling me there's a there's like a 10% chance, maybe even less than that, that he could suffer something, a sprained ankle, God forbid a torn ACL, like be le- far less than 10% chance. But there's a 90-plus percent chance he's going to get to be around and scrimmage with and soak in knowledge from the Eric Spolstras and some of the best players in the NBA. I think it's worth getting all of that absorbed into your young 19-year-old NBA system 
Um, and it just so happened that he drew the short straw, and now he's gonna. Now he's not gonna be able to soak in anything except rehabbing the ankle exactly. for two months. I'm with you, Phil. Ant last played a game on May 16th. Like, how much rest does he truly need, Judd? He's not that far removed from the AAU culture of playing six, seven games over the course of three or four days, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Heck, he's 19 years old. He mm-hmm. won't be 20 for another five or six weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, August, whatever. He's fine. I'm with <laughs> Phil. You roll the dice. Oh, by the way, on the Bucks, Judd and I brought this up, Phil, on Tuesday. Like, I still think, like, everything I saw on Tuesday from game one, I'm not changing my mind. I told Judd on Tuesday afternoon, I see the Bucks Sun series going six or seven games. I still feel that way. Like, does Chris Middleton, after playing six or seven games, this long run, is there the chance that he says, you know what? I'm not going to Tokyo. Like, my body is beaten down. So maybe they would pluck somebody from the select team. So I brought this up with Judd on Tuesday that if Anthony Edwards had impressed enough, there was a chance. Now, maybe speaking to to what you brought up, Phil, maybe it's 10%, 5%, but there was a chance that maybe he would have ended up in Tokyo. So, yeah, to have that opportunity, I was all for it. It's unfortunate what took place, but I would have sent him there. I had no problem with Anthony going there. Judd, he didn't die, okay? Like, he sprained his ankle. I have, listen, Gerson, I'm talking to you right now. Friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, and furthermore, furthermore, as assistant GM for every team in this godforsaken state, we have a new phrase, bubble wrap players, okay? We bubble wrap he's, the he's star a, players. <laughs> Carl so Anthony May 16th, Towns. the season ends. May 17th, you need to be in some sort of enclosed bubble chamber players, of bubble wrap. And I don't want to see you <laughs> playing competitive games again until training camp. Bubble wrap players, Doogie. You know what's amazing, Judd? Like... Think about what some of these guys do in their free time, whether it's Which I don't like you know, either. riding the motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy no. stuff they do on the lake. Okay, you know what? I'm, go- I'm going God to have them supervised. God forbid what we saw take place with the Blue Jackets goal. Yeah, Just exactly. Just tragic accident. Well, and that's like, a, but that's a really Crap can happen so, so many different no. ways. Doogie, I hate fireworks, and I don't like off-season games. You don't like leaving your house. I know. Bubble wrap players. Yeah, dude, you hide if someone knocks on your door. Don't, yeah. If Amazon delivers I, a package, I once, like, crawled, off. I once crawled across the floor and I, and I skinned my knee because there was somebody <laughs> knocking. And I didn't want to. And I didn't want. I told you this story. Yeah, I know this story. You, you, no, you've never told me that yeah, you crawled I was on the across couch. the floor. So there, there, I remember this. There's this is a, great a window on our door. So you like can't walk in front of, of the door. And to <laughs> evade the person knocking, I crawled across the floor and skinned my knee on our hardwood floor. Because I didn't, I, I'll never answer a door. Just, There's no reason the, to ever answer a door. Wife gets home, just, honey, why is there a trail of blood from the front door back to the bedroom? What's happening? You I need one of those signs, no solicitors, right? Just put the sign up, <laughs> yep. then you don't need to crawl. You don't need to risk injury to your knee. Yep. I and, was like, and Andy, Andy, I got be, hurt. Beware of dog or something. Maybe, maybe oh, yeah, Stella's going to scare yeah, him Stella's off, too. Scare She's going to really yeah, scare him off yeah. until they start to pet her, and she's like, oh, okay. Uh, by the way, this uh, reckless speculation session reckless speculation. is powered in part by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. So, listen, they are making some of the best golf clubs on the market right now. The Gen 4 clubs have arrived. This is a golfer's paradise. Even if you just love golf, just walk in there and uh, behold just the different 
things that you can do. You can check out clubs, different price ranges, apparel. It's pretty amazing. PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center. And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Um, on the Wolves, Doogie, I feel like it's our obligation every time we talk to you, even if it's only like a day removed from the last time we talked to you, uh, your latest feeling on Wolves trade speculation. I know that the finals are still going on and we've got the draft to prepare for, but um, I feel like this is the time where the Wolves are laying out different scenarios and and possibilities here. So um, any anything you're hearing or gleaning since the last time we talked about Ben Simmons or Miles Turner or any anybody that could be available? One front office executive, non-Wolves, non-Sixers, but knows a lot of things, suggested that the Wolves will not ulti- ultimately be able to make the best offer for Ben Simmons. Mm. It would surprise this individual if the Wolves can win the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. This individual said Miles Turner is a lot more realistic. Somebody with a lot of in in Philadelphia told me that the Sixers plan on ramping up trade talks. Here, you know what? Let me get it verbatim. Give me a sec. Mm-hmm. Just so I don't mess while you up. Get, while you get that verbatim, I think like there's been enough, I think there's enough teams that are going to be interested, even if Ben Simmons' trade value comes down. If they want an all-star caliber player, and if the Wolves want him without giving up D'Lo, they'd have to get a third or fourth team involved. All right, so, this like, is this, Tuesday. This, yeah. I agree on the third team. You've brought that up a yeah. bunch. You know, even Gerson, when he met with us, when was that Tuesday via Zoom to preview this this draft extravaganza workout, you know, these sessions that start today here in town, 40-plus draft prospects will be in town. A lot of second-round guys, guys that won't get drafted, maybe a guy that sneaks into the late first round. We're not talking Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham-type prospects. But anyway, Gerson, unsolicited, brought up sign-and-trade. Like, nobody asked him specifically about sign-and-trade possibilities. He brought it up, so that's very interesting. Lowry would be the logical guy there, right, if if we're exploring Not for the Wolves, but but for Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly had trade interest in him at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Philadelphia ties, Villanova guy. Yeah, Kyle Lowry in Philadelphia, they need shooting. Can't just be Seth Curry. Kyle Lowry with the Sixers makes a ton of sense that, yeah, you would involve Toronto in a three-team scenario. So this is a text from... Somebody very much in the know, 350 on Tuesday, suggesting he hears Philadelphia will be making calls this week. So Philadelphia ramping things up this week. So what's the amount of teams do you think that can realistically be involved as far as making competitive offers for Ben Simmons? Well, I mean, I think New Orleans makes some sense. I think Portland makes a lot of sense. Heck, what direction is Washington going? I mean, I can make a case with Ben Simmons' skill set. Like, he can help a lot of teams. If the Pelicans are involved. Like, I'd love Ben Simmons in Dallas just as an NBA aficionado. I'd Mm -hmm. love to see him play with Luka. Like, I can make a case, Ben, for what he can do. He can help a lot of teams. Sure. Simmons to the Wolves, Beal to the Sixers, and then future assets, and then make the salaries work somehow to Washington. If you're Washington, I suppose if you do that, then you know that Bradley Beal is not re-signing with you next summer, that he is an unrestricted free agent after next season, that you know he didn't want to be there. Now, everything he has suggested publicly, but we're lied to all the time, but everything he has suggested publicly is he'd like to see this thing through with the Wizards. See, they still need to hire a coach. You've been in there for eight years. We don't even know who the coach is going to be. Gonna I mean, <laughs> the coaching hire in Washington. <laughs> yeah. It may have a big influence on what Bradley Beal ultimately decides 
for the next couple yeah. of years. Yeah, the violinists wanted to see things through at the uh, end of the Titanic. Wow. Like, as the, as the nose was going down into the ocean. We got to see this through. All right, Bradley. And because yeah, think, of that, I think we know the way, where the Wizards are headed. Like Washington isn't sending any top guys to town. Philadelphia, like Daryl Morey, is not in town. Not that that matters. Hey, Gerson Rosas a bunch can of pick up the phone. B and C guys. A lot of B and C and D and E guys. Now I did hear last week. I'll verify if he's in town, but. That Brad Stevens, who's the number one with the Celtics, was due in town. That he had told somebody last week that he had planned on being in town this week. Now, that can change. I'll try to follow up on that later today or tomorrow. But, yeah, most teams are not sending their top guys. Got any more Wolves scoopage for us before we move on? Well, I mean, Nas Reed is out there. Chris Finch is out there watching guys. The Wolves put on their social media feed the other day pictures of Leandro Bomaro here in town. Mm-hmm. Looked like they took him on a boat ride on Lake Minnetonka. His buyout is in the neighborhood of nine hundred thousand dollars. The Wolves can pick up about seven fifty, about seven fifty of the buyout. So Bomaro wants to join the Wolves this summer. A little bit has to come out of his pocket, but you think about the contract he'll sign for yeah. close to what two million dollars a year. Grand scheme of things, if he has to pay. $150,000, it's not crazy, yeah, crazy money to us, but not necessarily to him. I would say the way he played the final two months for his team overseas, Spanish League, Euro League, I would say signs point to him joining the Wolves this summer. That could be huge. could be big for them. Well, I mean, um, Mike Schmitz is on the record, ESPN draft guy, some others. Even people in league circles, they'll tell you if Bomaro was in this draft, now, what did he go in November? Was it pick 23, 22, yeah, 23? Right. Yep. He would go higher than that, whether it's 22 or 23, that sure. if he were in this draft, he would likely go, you know, in the 13 to 17 range. I'm not talking, you know, top 10, but he would go higher if he were in this draft. So, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good prospect. Yeah. Um, and then you, you mentioned off mic. I don't know if, how much you want to get into it, but there's a Wolves front office shakeup. Do you want to dive into that? or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people are aware of Dr. Robbie Sicka, VP of Player Performance, you know, with the doctor title, more so on the medical side. He was big, you know, with the with the NBA's COVID plan, you know, when last season kicked off this, this current season, you know, last season for the Wolves kicked off. Like he was, his fingerprints were all over, you know, every meeting with, you know, Adam Silver on down in the NBA front office, like Dr. Robbie Sicka was was heavily involved. I don't have all the particulars, you know, my sense is that it's more his choice that he's leaving, that the Wolves didn't necessarily want to lose him. But I had two people that would know independently tell me, hey, you know, you need to follow up on this. I did reach out to Dr. Sicka. He hasn't gotten back to me, which might tell you a lot, too. I got, you know, reached out to him a, a few days ago, multiple times, and he never got back to me. So, you know, that might tell you something that, that there is something going on there. But, yeah, I feel confident putting it out there that, that yeah, Dr. Robbie Sicka no longer with the Wolves. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned yeah, a couple been... weeks ago, a lot of people in the front office had contracts expiring July 1st. Now, you know, with everything pushed back this year because of COVID, you can, you know, add an addendum or two. And, you know, so maybe there's a change after the draft, you know, front office wise. But. This is maybe the one I was I was pointing to a couple weeks ago when I said, "Hey, don't be surprised if there's a shakeup in the Wolves front office." This yeah. this now speaks to that. Uh, Dukes, why don't you uh, empty the bag here for us? Any speculation? 
shit. Any any rapid fire scoops? Any any Gophers players are going to strike it rich now that uh, name, image, and likeness Tanner are, Morgan. Is, is Tanner I've Morgan about to five million? I did see it was go, a Gophers. Our mutual friend Ross <laughs> Brendel hired him to do a cameo. What do you think he's getting for those cameos? Like ten dollars. Twenty dollars, uh, probably uh, more, for yeah. twenty twenty five bucks. Ro- yeah, Roscoe is loaded, from what yeah, I hear. Yeah, from what I've heard. Roscoe. Okay, like there's Ross behind Brendel. the scenes, there's some money there. Yeah. There is no price you won't pay for a, a random gopher player sending a cameo. Just always re- remember when it comes to Roscoe, keep your shirt on. Him and Rami, <laughs> everybody keep your shirt on, please. I Ross did see. Was there a gopher? To a, take the shirt off. A gopher wrestler that yeah, uh, is, is now a, a barstool athlete. Yeah, Gable. I don't even know. What yeah, that I talked means to Gable yet. last yeah. week. He's actually doing something this morning at the Armory. He's doing a, a news conference with Jamal James and David Morrell, uh, the two local boxers. But Gable will be over there. He, he heads to Tokyo, he told me, on July 17th, so nine days from now. Yeah, I mean, the question with Gable is, you know, if he wins gold over there, and, I mean, he's got a legit chance, does he come back for another year with the Gophers, or does he pursue a professional career with WWE? Oh, yeah. He's talked yeah. about wanting to play football. I mean, I'm curious to see what the future holds for Gable, but I guess I would not be shocked if he decides, hey, there's nothing left for me to accomplish in college. It's time for me to move on in life. But, yeah, great kid. Really happy for Gable. So, yeah, he'll benefit. Yeah, he signed with a grocery startup company or a grocery delivery service. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a couple endorsement deals already lined up. Love it. Love it. Uh, what else? Any other rapid-fire scoops? Well, I mean, the Twins, scouts, uh, I mean, it's what teams do this time of year. But I can tell you the Twins have had scouts scouting the Rays minor league teams, the Oakland A's minor league teams, right? Both. Nelson teams, Cruz. not only Nelly, like you can make a case Angelton Simmons could help mm-hmm. Oakland. Okay, mm-hmm. that'd be great. You can make a case that Taylor <laughs> Rogers could help Oakland. You can make a case Hansel Robles could yeah. help Oakland. Yeah. So like scouting the A's minor league teams makes a lot of sense this time of the year. So the Twins will be ready to strike. I still put the over-under at about one and a half trades. I think they go over, but like if you're expecting five or six trades the next three weeks... I think you'll be sorely mistaken on that front. Mm. I don't think they're completely blowing this thing up. I just don't. Did Felton allude to that with you, or was that just the gut feeling that you got from your conversation about? I mean, he certainly talked about, you know, this being my words, not his, but this being a blip on the radar that he feels like they can rebound in a pretty significant way in 2022, that the idea is not to strip this thing down. I mean, Mm. he did allude to that big time on the Scoop podcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, those are scoops from Doogie. You can find his weekly podcast called The Scoop on scorenorth.com, the Scornorth app, and anywhere you find podcasts. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. All right, Dukes, good stuff. Man. You got to fill them off to hang with Grace McCallum, USA gymnast. I'll be in the gym with her, then off the target field to catch Ooh. up with Sean Johnson, Twins draft boss. Uh, the Major League Baseball draft begins on Sunday. Pummel horse, what? rings, floor routine. What are we? What are we looking for? I don't for, know. Dukes? I did do some research was, in the car, Declan. I was more I of a no high idea. bar guy. I don't know, Declan. Okay. I have what no needs to happen idea. for Doogie to just hang from the high bar? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> see how long he can. You don't need to do no, any flips. No, just we don't want him to get hurt. He's hang. a scoop guy. What are you doing? No. <laughs> well, there's a there's a pad to catch him. He's how, not going to hit a concrete floor. How much do you know about gymnastics, by the way? Zero. Oh, I love gymnastics, man. None. I don't know anything. Like, we grade. do a gymnastics story once every four yeah. years. Gymnastics. Here we are. You, or in you this know case, every gymnastics. five years. I'm not blaming you. I don't I'm know just, anything. I was just curious. But I'll I do some know. research in the car, and it's more about just, you know, 
All How right. special is this? You're representing the U.S. This is the pinnacle of your sport. Well, I don't yeah. need to ask like specific. No, you know, tell me about your floor. Oh, hitting questions, Doogie. Yeah, I'm not going to ask like. Deep what are your intentions? Dive, go down do the, the rabbit bars. hole of. Of her floor routine and all that. You want to know what would make gymnastics more fun? Like, I'll, I'll duck in on gymnastics. You know what would make it more fun, though? Sharks. All right. What? That, uh, that, that balance beam, instead of having like a blue pad there, how about just an open body of shark water? Piranha, sharks. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how you perform when, uh, when there's risk of getting eaten alive by, uh, what would you call it, a pack of sharks? Sharks? Isn't it Shark Week on yes, Discovery right now? It is Shark Week. Yeah. yeah. Damn right. It's Sharknado. Shark Week. Sharknado <laughs> 8 is on tonight, I think. God, looking forward to that. All right, is see you, Tara boys. Reed still see starring you. in those? All right, see <laughs> you. Dude. Yeah, and she's 74. <laughs> and she looks 94. <laughs> All right, see you. Jeez. All right, that's oh uh, Darren God. Doogie Wolfson from The Scoop. Um, and by the way, those scoops also powered by our friends at Federated. Listen, if your business is about to get attacked by a Sharknado, you're going to want some frontline protection, all right? They've seen a lot of things mm-hmm. at Federated Mutual Insurance Company going back to 1904, based in Owatonna. I don't know that they've seen a Sharknado attacking a business, but you never know. You never know. It's 2021, man. Anything can happen. And so you want to make sure that you have peace of mind, risk management resources, and tools that can help your business overcome potential curveballs and obstacles. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. Let's reset here on Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless Speculation. Because uh, Declan Goff just sent us during that scoop session with Doogie an interesting tweet from John Heyman. Mm-hmm. Noted MLB. Is John Heyman Mount Rushmore of baseball yeah. insiders? And I believe, is it Pat Royce who said if Heyman is saying it, yeah. he's, he's right. He's, he's got he's an in with in. the twins. He's got an in with the twins. Well, John Heyman is saying this. The A's and the J's are among possibilities for all-star Nelson Cruz. Can you imagine Toronto's lineup with Nelson Cruz? Toronto's lineup is ridiculous as it is. Vlad Jr. They've got basically all of, like, the kids of former really good baseball players. That'd be fun. Adding Nelson Cruz to it. Now, they need pitching more than they need hitting. And so if they want, you know, if if to sweeten the deal, they wanted to take a Taylor Rodgers or something. I could see it. Uh, also worth noting here, the New York Post is saying the Mets deserve a pitcher like Jose Barrios at the trade deadline, but there's speculation and questions about the Twins' asking price potentially being too high. Um, so, Judd, how do you uh, how do you take these these latest developments in uh, Twins trade speculation? Uh, first of all, Cruz is gone. He has to be. Uh, so, I, I don't even know. Like that development is just a step in him being. Dealt before July 30th, so I take that as being he's going somewhere. It makes no sense not to, right? Like, it, when it comes to it Cruz sucks. It, and it Simmons. Sucks. He's so sure. fun to watch. He's one of the—I mean, he legitimately, OPS-wise, he's the greatest But if you want him back, history. sign him back. Um, so he's gone. The Brios one, I have convinced myself as the trade deadline approaches of this. I don't think they have the guts to trade him. Uh, I think they have the guts to ask for so much that they know it won't be accepted. So I do think that they're shopping him. But you know what? Think about it. 2018, Twins made deadline deals when they were competitive back then, and they still traded guys. And I think that's the year that they traded Escobar and Presley, and decent players. But they've never traded a guy like Barrios. And now, fast forward to 2021, and privately, 
I don't care how uh, confident you are publicly. They have to be looking at themselves sort of sideways, right? And being like, we really haven't developed the pitching that we thought we were going to. And Barrios might not be a true ace, but there's very few. Just to be clear, there's very few true aces. Barrios is their ace, I think, and he is a very productive pitcher. I don't think they have what it takes intestinal fortitude-wise, and I have no problem with this, actually, to trade him. And I'm going to throw one other fly in the ointment that's not being brought up enough in a Burrios trade. Reckless speculation. And it's truly, it's reckless, but I think it's spot on. Borderline genius. Um, oh, don't dislocate your shoulder. Yeah, you should, ow, don't fray ow. your labrum. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I need Tommy that's, John. I think that's your ego, I hear. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> the other thing that's not being talked about enough is if you're Toronto or the Mets, and I come to you and I basically say, I am giving you, or I, I'm trading you Burrios for not only the stretch run 2021, but all of 2022. You know what you're going to say? Because you probably got intel like I do, but we don't publicly. There very well might not be a 2022. Or if there is, it ain't starting in April. Like the, the, the probability of a lockout to me right now, if you look at how far apart these sides are, just fundamentally to use that, that word again to get closer to our write that down. Um, it's philosophically. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Philosophically, oh, and by the way, people asking about that, like you guys said, philosophical, like ten times on yesterday's show. It's between weeks one and five. Oh, okay. Of the that and yeah, also, that we yeah. we use that as as a jumping off point from that word. So, but the point is, if you're the Mets or Blue Jays or a team that's going to trade for Brios, and you damn well know that there's not going to be baseball in April, and let's say let's say the estimated start date is probably like July first or something. You're not going to give up the same package that you probably would if you knew that this season was going to start in April. So you're going to say, I'm not going to give you two top prospects for Barrios uh, for the rest of 2021 and maybe part of 2022, but but Armageddon is no 2022. I think that needs to be discussed as well because there's no way that teams internally aren't going to think about that. Yeah, I guess I don't. It, it's a valid point in that there's probably going to be some sort of work stoppage with baseball, but I don't know if front offices are sitting there like planning for there not to at least be playoffs next year. I think a shortened season is much more like they were far apart 25 years ago, and they like they missed a World Series, and the, the timing yeah. of that was different because the players went on strike and they missed the World Series, but they came back in like mid-May of the next year and they wound up playing like 135 or 140 but They were forced back so. by a judge and and my theory is this, the only reason that Rob Manfred is employed in his current job is to break the union as much as he can. Mm-hmm. There there is no reason to have a guy who is as destructive to the sport as he is without the end game of the owners being to try and break the players association as much as possible. So real quick just to zoom back out here. So you're saying the Twins are talking to the Blue Jays, potentially. This is all hypothetical here. Twins talking to the Blue Jays. It's reckless. And the Twins are saying, all right, we'll give you a year and a half of Jose Barrios. You'll get him for two playoff stretches, and he'll be maybe he's not Max Scherzer, but he's definitely a number one or number two playoff rotation starter with that lineup especially. You don't need, like, that lineup is ridiculous. You just need someone to hold down the fort for five or six innings. He's perfect for you guys. And you can win right now. You can win a World Series if you get better pitching. And you're saying that part of the Blue Jays' thought process could be, well, we know we're going to get him for this year, but hey, if things go haywire this offseason, there might not be a next year, and then his contract 
that's where we don't know, like, would his contract toll and and then he wouldn't be a free agent until after 2023? Or would, it, would, would they just get screwed out of having Jose Brios in 2022? I don't know. My guess is all, all those contracts, as part of the negotiation, those contracts won't toll. I think that that's going to be the one thing that, that they give back is that they'll run the contracts. So let's, let's But I mean, pretend. it's got to be a thought, right? Like if you're about to give up uh, two really good prospects and a third, like decent one, that's got to be a thought. You can't just dismiss it. No, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I just, we don't know how much of, I, I think you have to operate as if there will be some semblance of a 2022 season. I hear your point. For the purposes of the rest of this conversation, let's pretend that there is at least like 100 games in 2022 and there's going to be a playoff stretch. How much, because you know, we just had Doogie on for, for Reckless Speculation Thursday, a scoop session, and he's saying the Twins feel like this is a blip on the radar, just of, hey, this is everything went off the rails. Half the clubhouse was wiped out with COVID. We had all sorts of, we had the, you know, the Derek Chauvin trial that was right smack dab in the middle of the start of our season Mike and like Bell all died. this stuff. Yep. Yep. Mike Bell, beloved uh, assistant coach, passed away. Just a tear. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then players underperformed, injuries, et cetera. That once we get past all of that, there's going to be some changes, but 2022 is a bounce back year. I don't know. Like, you talk about, you know, how wide is the window open? At the trade deadline in 2019, the re- part of the reason why they were so conservative, even though they had the greatest home run hitting team in baseball history, was, well, we don't want to shorten the window. You know, we've got this, look at all these players. We want to make sure the window is open for five years, right? And we don't want to trade everything. So we want to win, but we also we also want to win in like two years. Right. And I'm looking at this team and saying, all right, well, Miguel Sano is not a cornerstone player anymore. Max Kepler got hot for a couple days this week. But, you know, outside of that one year, he has like five or six mediocre years under his belt as a major leaguer. He's in his prime. Where's the pitching? Like, okay, you hang on to Jose Barrios because you believe that you're going to bounce back next year. Hap's gone. Pineda's gone. Shoemaker's already gone. What's your rotation? I mean, Maeda, I guess, is a 34-year-old coming back, but this is the worst season of his career right now. So I don't think you can depend on him being second in Cy Young. I think you slot him in as like the fourth guy maybe mm-hmm. for next year. So you're really banking on you for sure need, if you keep Barrios, you for sure need three spots in your rotation to be filled with really good pitchers if you want to contend next year. Is Bailey Ober one of them? Is Jordan Balazovich going to come up by then and just Durant. be immediately effective? Duran has arm problems yeah. now. Like, who are you signing in free agency? Are you spending a hundred million dollars on someone in free agency? I and even the bullpen. If if you're looking at these guys, like Taylor Rogers is thirty. You probably, I would say, you're probably going to trade Taylor Rogers. Where, where's the pitching coming from? Where you're going to bounce back next year and just win 90, 95 games again? And. Th- this is why I, I don't think that they have the cojones to trade Barrios because privately they have to be saying that exact same thing. And if but they don't you think trade but Barrios, would it, it be the punt. opposite though? Yeah. But but if but if Barrios is your only guy and you're looking at this realistically and saying, oh my god, like, but they're not going. So to. we're crossing our fingers on Maeda, and then we have three open rotation spots to fill from where, like, we're crossing our fingers. 2023 is the more realistic landing point. Well, he's a free agent. So wouldn't it be like, you know, Declan, your thoughts here too, but like, wouldn't it be more likely that you should trade Barrios now if you feel like you can't build a rotation for next year? Yeah, g- give yourselves, and also it's it's not like you're taking chances on the J.A. Happs and Matt Shoemakers of the world. If you trade Jose Barrios, you're going to get top 100 prospects, guys who are projected to be frontline starters. Odds are 
They're not going to turn into Garrett Cole. They're not going to turn into aces. But if you have Jose Barrios in 2022, in best case scenario, you're a 500 team. What good does it do to have a pitcher on a team that isn't achieving anything? I'd rather put those chips into 2023 and hope guys like Balazovich and, you know, I know Johan Duran's a reliever, but your your already pipeline guys are going to rise up. You can find someone on free agency. You have now two prospects you got from the Barrios trade. I think it makes a hell of a lot more sense to trade him now to push the chips into 2023 and possibly see what happens in 2022. I Real quick, to be clear, I'd rather sign him to an extension than any of this. But it, that's ultimately up to like if he doesn't if he wants to hit free agency, then it, it kind of leaves you with no choice. So I don't disagree with your points. What I'm saying is I don't think that they have what it takes intestinally to trade him though and punt on and admit that they're punting on 2022 because I think Doogie's read is probably right. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think Falvey it probably thinks it's a blip. I can find pitching. I mean, keep in mind, he thinks he, he can find pitching. I'm just saying internally, if you trade Barrios, you are you are basically giving away the one thing, unless you, you consider Maeda to be bouncing back and, and be a sure thing for 2023. You're trading the one guy that you think is a sure thing for 2022 and you're probably going to justify to yourself. Well, we think that we can still sign him. I am Phil. I'm with your point as far as what I think would be the smart move as far as examining things. And look, if Jose Barrios's camp has basically said, we want ACE money, we want to break the bank. I'm probably done, but I don't think the twins are. And I think the twins are going to keep Barrios because partially they have to look at themselves and say, who else do we have? Like we could talk, we could talk all we want about, well, look at who's coming, but they're not here yet. And the fact is there's no reason why, when you look at what they should have developed by this time, why they have not done more. Uh, Here's another thing. We have, we barely talked about the bullpen aspect of this, but that's, you need a great bullpen. If you want to win big in 2022, you're going to need a great bullpen. Here are the ages of the, of the, Twins relievers currently active on the roster right now, like that are suiting up right now. Here's how old they will be next season. Robles, who's a free agent, I believe, anyways, 31. Yeah, he'll be gone. Taylor Rogers, 31. Mm-hmm. Now that's not ancient, but like you're you're getting to that territory where like your prime is 25 through like 31, right? Uh, Alcala is going to be 26. I still have high hopes for him, even though he's he's underwhelmed to this point. Duffy 31 and boy you can see the mileage on that arm now like he is not the same dude he was a year or two ago right Colome free agent 33 and terrible Thielbar will be 35 Derek Law will be 31 and then Columbe or Columbe 32 um Columbo. like it's just like yeah. you're it's like literally just a, it's a bunch of just random yeah. sort of pieced yes. together dudes in their 30s right now so I don't know I uh I just think a contract extension for Barrios would be the ideal because you would be able to, he's going to be 28 next year. You can take him, you know, do a four year contract or whatever into his early 30s, ride out the rest of his prime, cross your fingers on injury, and, uh, and have some peace of mind. But if he doesn't want to sign an extension, like I would be putting that pressure on over the next three weeks. If he doesn't want to sign an extension, my personal, I'm probably trading him. My personal plan, if there could be a Judd plan that I could advise the twins on would be right now to go to Brielle's and say, what's it going to take? I, I would sit down and hammer out with his agent what it's going to take. 
I would then, and I know the people object to this, and look, the guy is always going to be hurt. He's old, and this is not going to improve. I would then work my ass off to get Josh Donaldson gifted to another team for whatever I could get. I don't care. Just take as much salary as you possibly can, and I would try and justify Barrios' contract by by putting Donaldson on another team and getting rid of salary there so I can pay Barrios. That's what I would do. And people keep saying, but look at Donaldson. Look at what Donaldson's doing. He's all, ladies and gentlemen, he's old and he's always going to be hurt. Like these are chronic leg these are chronic leg problems. And every time we're like, well he's played a bunch of games in a row. Ain't this great? You know what he does? He hobbles around first base. No, I'm serious. So like you know don't, what though you know what you can do? I'll tell you, if you got a bad calf or a bad hamstring, you can still ride. Mm-hmm. You can still ride. These oh, twins discussions Donaldson powered could in part. Ride. Yeah. I bet he does. I bet he powered does in part by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. Whatever you ride, whether it's a, a sport bike, a Harley, crutches, <laughs> you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. And the cool part is if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free. For orders over $89, when the open road calls, when you've got some spare time on your hands because you're always on the injured list, DennisKirk.com for your writing necessities. Um, We also, like we say this every week on Reckless Speculation Thursday, we are the most interactive show in Minnesota sports, this and Purple Daily. We will always take your trade suggestions if you have them. And uh, I got this DM from listener Ben on Twitter, and I want to run it by the Judd's Hockey Show crew here. You guys are going to do a full Judd's Hockey Show that people can find also on the Score North YouTube channel and the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. But here's his question. I've got a wild expansion take that I don't think has been discussed before. Why not make a trade with the Kraken where they give us assets to leave Fiala exposed in the expansion draft? Maybe they give us picks in order to select Fiala instead of giving them picks to select someone other than Dumba. Turn it into an advantage situation versus a disadvantage. Is there a precedent for anything like this? Like, what, what assets would they have, though? Mm. If they don't have any assets, could they, they have, trade future I mean, they picks? Have the, they have the fourth overall pick? Yeah. Third, fourth overall pick? Yeah. I, could I they trade, like, 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 a third rounder or something, a second or third rounder, and you leave Fiala exposed? So, Declan... I, I don't see any real path where that makes sense because Fiala is your basically second best player. And I don't know if there's also like, if you're going to do the 7 3 1 format, seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, I, I don't really know who's the person I like, Jordan Greenway, or like who, who's the person I'm ex, like now protecting if I'm going to give up, if I'm going to leave Fiala exposed. Yeah, probably Greenway. Also, if you're going to. So you're saying the Wild are almost certainly going to protect Fiala in yeah. this expansion oh, yeah. draft? It, yes. And, and and which I agree with. And if they were to part ways with Fiala, it would be to leverage him in a trade for a center or something. Right. right? He like that's get, the way that's the route out of town for Fiala. So the Kraken has well, among if what he's talking about, the Kraken has the least amount of assets possible to do that with. So Fiala could be a chip for an asset from a team that has an asset that's yeah. far g- greater than what the Kraken will have or has. So so I get what he's saying, but it doesn't make sense to do it with the Kraken when Fiala would be the centerpiece, absolutely, of a trade yeah, the, for a center. Yes, the only assets Seattle has are draft picks right now. They don't have players. Correct. So 
And so if you're going to trade Fiala, you're probably not trading him for draft picks. You're right. trading him for an established player. Correct. Right? And so. a, probably as a package, as part of a, a pretty good damn player, too. Like, not just a player. Reckless good player. Good son. Um, one more thing we didn't get to, and we can just touch on this because I'm sure you'll dive into this even deeper on Judd's Hockey Show. But, but Judd, you told us before the show that the Zach Parisi buyout watch has begun. Yeah, 24 hours a- after uh, Lord's Stanley Cup is awarded, which it was, of course, last night, paraded around the ice in Tampa Bay in Florida, which is now the state of hockey. Title championships, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. But the I mean, Rays, back to, the Rays, Rays went the, deep. The Buccaneers won it all. It's incredible. Two years in a row. When Brady goes to a, a town, not only does that team that he plays for wins, the teams around him win. <laughs> it's he, this that's incredible how great of a leader he is. <laughs> it's this incredibly weird story. But anyway, uh, 24 hours after the Stanley Cup is awarded, the buyout window opens. And I think the Wilds' desire is obviously not to write the check to buy out Zach Parisi. But the reality is that's what Parisi wants, and that's probably the best way to assure that, that you create some salary cap um, room for yourself for 2021-22. So it will be interesting. I will not be shocked if they buy him out. Because trade-wise, I just, with that contract, I don't think you're going to get a team to bite. And What type of cap relief can you get in a buyout situation? Oh, let me see here. I have got these notes for Judd's Hockey Show about what type of cap relief you can get. Uh, Wild can enjoy a $5.2 million savings next season before his cap hit jumps up again for each of the next three years due to the nature of his back-diving deal, according to the story that I am looking at right here. So you would get some immediate cap relief. It, it would catch up okay. to you, but it catches up to you in a trade as well in yeah. some ways. So, look, it's not perfect. The what, I'll come back to what I told you guys when... Zach Parisi was a healthy scratch in the playoffs. I don't see how he can come back here. Because, so, like, you're going to, what, yeah. start scratching him again? This, it's, yeah, it's Bill Garrett has worked so damn team. hard to change the culture and tone of this team. Yeah. I just don't I don't see a way, just as far as from a human being standpoint, so, so not the pieces, but just as far as how people feel and the dissension it, it would cause Dex, I don't see how you bring Parisi back. I don't either. He, he doesn't fit the game, and I don't care that he came into the lineup and scored three postseason goals in a first-round playoff exit. That's just like, I it, it, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a great story. Look at him. And, and what would have happened if he would have played the first three games? Nothing. Nothing would, nothing, would, have, been nothing would have happened. It, you, were, you were one and done. That was, that was the case, so... I know the buyout. Yeah, you get you save a lot of money the first two years, and then it's basically like eight hundred thousand dollars against you for like the remaining three years um, on, on that contract. So I can see why a buyout makes a lot of sense. I don't think you can entice a team to take on the length of the contract, and also there's cap um, casual or, uh, repercussions on it if he retires early with a different. Like you basically have to buy him out. Like I, I don't see a trade happening. A buyout's most likely. Yeah, it was a good run. I mean, if if this if it ends in a buyout, it was. He helped make wild hockey fun and relevant for almost a decade here. Yeah. And we all knew this was going to happen. Suter hasn't gone off the cliff quite like Parisi. Part of it's the position he plays. But, um, you know, I think we all knew once those guys got into their mid-30s, especially late 30s as they're starting to emerge into, that this is these were the types of uncomfortable things that were going to have to be addressed. And here we are, right? Just wanted so, one cup, c- Phil. That's all yeah. we wanted. 
We just even a conference one. finals appearance yeah. would have been. That's the disappointment. Yeah. That's I. The move itself was a great move because it, it was fun. It, to your point, it made the team relevant again. All of that stuff, but man, the lack of a playoff run really sucks. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys. Every Thursday, in addition to reckless speculation. Declan pours salt in old wounds. He digs up old tweets over a decade's worth of just rambling nonsense from us on Twitter. We take a lot of swings on Twitter, and Declan finds the misses. Old tweets exposed. We'll see who has it the worst this week. All right, so Bill and myself are attached to the hip a little bit with some uh, Twins blinders from 2015. Oh, wow. Judd has a take from 2019 that has nothing to do with ours, but worth pointing out regardless. We'll start with Phil. We'll start with Bill. All right. September 5th, 2015. Yeah, they've got a ton of talent. Imagine adding Barrios and Kepler and maybe even <laughs> Alex Meyer at some point. The date on that, hey. September 5th, 2015. Listen, as Meatloaf once said, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three right? ain't bad. It's not, not my fault that Alex Meyer is too, t- too tall to repeat his delivery. He, Alex Meyer blocked you on Twitter? Yeah, he's among the people who have blocked me. I don't even know why. We once had a nice conversation at Fort Myers. Mm. It's too well, bad. I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't live up to his end of the bargain and pitch well, then he's susceptible to criticism like any other. Okay, that's pretty good though. Dex, uh, nice find. I like the Alex Myers. I mean, throwing. it's it's a nice hit, but I I think I at least ground rule double if not put this one out of the park. Uh, July eighth, twenty thirteen. Byron Buxton now number one on Baseball America's prospect list. So no, not too far behind at three. And Alex Meyer at thirty two. The hashtags. We, we come in and the future. The, future. Oh. the random hashtags. You know. I, yeah, I don't know. 8.01 o'clock. Okay, so it wasn't a 3 a.m. tweet. This was a normal hour tweet. I was I was back at home working with the St. Paul Saints after sophomore year of college, so this was tweeted at a relevant time. What's funny about hashtags back in, this is still sort of early stages of Twitter, like Twitter kind of blew up between 2010 and 13, is people wouldn't use hashtags for discovery purposes as much. They Correct. would use hashtags to like, emphasize it's like a, like a little side comment it's like my column real tweet it yeah it's like the my column <laughs> my hashtag column. my column alex yeah. myers gonna be the greatest my <laughs> column um i would say you know in 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 your case there you were just stating facts right like it's the hashtags that yeah. got yeah. you there yeah, you yeah, were yeah. like the tweet was you were stating facts it was a ranking and then to emphasize the ranking it's the we come in and we so. come in in 2013 with a with a blip in 2015, it still took four to five years before. Uh, and the way you spelled "coming" was really good too. We yeah. coming. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Judd Zolgad. Yeah. All right. We'll see if uh, this takes the cake. August 13th, 2019. Marlon <laughs> Gonzalez is the ultimate pro. In retrospect, this is awesome since he we found yes. out he cheated badly. Yeah. I All know right, how so much he loved Marlon. I did love Marlon. He underachieved with the Twins. He well, played no, he, a bunch of positions, I guess. I thought his first year with the Twins in 19, he was really good. And then in 20, he definitely was not what we thought he was going to be. But then it turned out he really he cheated, too, which is what I think makes this a special tweet for me. Yeah, I mean, they signed him in part because I think it was 2017 where he hit like 300 and just put up a bunch of ridiculous numbers. Yeah, because he knew what pitches were coming. coming. Didn't yeah. someone do a study and show which yes. hitters benefited the most from, like, which hitters got right. the most trash can bangs? And he was number one on the yeah. list. I forget who suggested <laughs> this to me, but in retrospect, have we gone back and viewed in any uh, uh, tape or recordings from the 2019 season to 
know if there might have been some, let's just say, tips that Marwin might have given his new teammates? It is interesting that they became the greatest power-hitting team in history and then fell off a cliff the next two years. I mean, they were still a good offense, but it's, it is weird. Like, Max Kepler, that was your only good season. Why? Garver had Miguel Sano. That's your only. And I'm not saying any. I'm not saying. I just was. You know, I was told. I forget who said this to me, but they're like, you know, it's interesting. Marwin Gonzalez showed up, and all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom. There, there are other ways to. Last night, a clip surfaced. I think it was the Giants and the Reds last night. I don't know if you guys saw this on social media, Uh, but Yastrzemski, the grandson of uh, Carl Yastrzemski, is it Mike Yastrzemski Mm -hmm. for the Giants? Yeah. So there, uh, he was on the the Reds basically caught him tipping either pitches or locations to the hitter, and it was a fascinating video. It, it, this, but this isn't in the category of like using electronic devices and cameras and technology to cheat. This is the old school way of cheating. So it's it's more gamesmanship. Yes, and it's a, it's allowed in the unwritten rules. So he's standing at second base and he's got his helmet on. You know, he's standing at second base. And as the catcher gives the signs, and the pit, so the pitcher will look over at him at second base, and then once the pitcher turns his head back to home plate and gets the sign, if I couldn't tell if it was if if it was if he was tipping location or off speed, but but every time there was a breaking ball away, right before the pitch was thrown, he would do this. He would sort of, he'd turn his helmet and hat like he'd turn his head to the left real quick. Interesting. And then look back at the and the catcher picked up on it, and the pitcher picked up on it, and they were chirping out at him. And he kept doing it anyways. And they changed their signs like five or six times, literally during the one at bat. Like they each had these little cheat sheets, the catcher and the pitcher, as to like what set of signs. They changed it minimum three times during the at bat. And he, and he still kept. <laughs> so I think he was tipping location. Location, cause yeah, because you can't yeah. change that. Yeah. So kind of interesting. I think I, I might Maybe win. That's a, Judd wins for sure. Yeah, I think yes. you win. Marwin yeah. Gonzalez is the ultimate pro in retrospect. Of all that we know, might be. <laughs> I didn't love him that a, year, just but a confident statement too. Just the ultimate. Pro. Well, you went, I, look. Yeah. I didn't know he cheated. I think that was before we found out, right? <laughs> yeah. D- didn't we so find out in like is, February old... 2020? Um, I thought it was. Yeah. Was it 20? Yeah. yeah and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And those guys got off the hook. Yeah. Wild year. So, there it is. Judd Zolgad, the uh, the you. winner of this week's old tweet exposed. Um. Yeah, thanks to everyone hanging out with us on a daily basis here on both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Um, we have the, the last form. So we, this is ridiculous. We saw 123% year-over-year growth with Score North Podcasts, June of 2020 to June of 2021. Thanks to all you guys, whether you consume us um, on via, via podcast platform or on our YouTube channel. Regardless, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Comment on the YouTube comment sections and uh, send us messages on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now as well. And uh, if you want, the Score North app has a feedback section too. So good times today. Did you guys get your reckless speculation fix? Was that? We're doing yeah, TikTok now? For you today? Yeah, we're doing a little TikTok. Yeah. Well, yeah. A second we're, we might, you guys we're basically just we're cutting up. up videos of you on the show and just making Can I do dance like videos on TikTok. <laughs> yes, please do. I'm more than willing to look like a fool. That's not a well, problem. That's, yeah. that's a, I mean, that'd be great. A little... Judd dance could you, videos? Just like three times a week, if you could just send Declan just a random 30-second dance video. I just did great. yesterday a insane Judd Zolgad video purge on my phone memory storage. Had to have deleted 
a hundred plus Judd selfie videos from my phone store. <laughs> not ex- not exaggerating. You should Probably have sold those. Is that thing Judd. that they, they sell now? What what are those those things called? NFTs. Yeah, you should have sold them as Judd <laughs> NFTs. It would have been worth something, my man. I love it. Okay, if you want, I'll do if dance you want videos Judd for TikTok. Morning Judd Me and NFT. Stella. We'll dance. All right, Dex? Uh, just, okay. just waltzing throughout the living yeah. room. Yeah. I like it. I can see it. <laughs> All right. Good talk today, boys. Mackie and Judd. Uh, tomorrow on Mackie and Judd, Feedback Friday and also Rom-Com Rewind. Oh, I'm excited. And we'll be diving into one of the great Watching 90s tonight. rom-coms, My Best Friend's Wedding. Watching so, tonight. Turn in your man cards tomorrow. See you guys. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.